0: Name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the One God, Amen. Sunday is the third Sunday of the Great Lent. Next next week will be the fourth, which is the half halfway Sunday of Lent. We're nearly there. Goes quickly, doesn't it? As we say, Lent is a journey of repentance, and this morning's gospel is all about the life of repentance and returning. The Gospel of this morning is from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 15, and it has actually three parables. The first two is the, lost, the parable of the lost son and the lost sheep, and the parable of the lost coin, and the third one is the prodigal son or the lost son and, <clears throat> and his elder brother. We usually concentrate a lot on the lost son, And we don't talk about the elder brother that much. But it really goes hand in hand because during this time, why did why did Jesus talk about these three specific parables? Is because Jesus would go and sit with the sinners and tax collectors, and this was forbidden by the Jewish uh, Pharisees and scribes, so you're not supposed to sit with sinners. So if you see a sinner, you keep away from him. Or tax collectors, they're sinners too. Because they they bribe you and take all your money and they work with the Romans. So they were forbidden too. So Jesus did the opposite. It is something that is forbidden. That's why the Pharisees in the text and the scribes were upset from him and they were always talking negative things about him. So Jesus wanted to rebuke the Pharisees and the scribes, um, and he taught them that I am here for those who are lost, for those sinners who are lost. I'm not here for those who are in, like in the church like you guys, but I'm, I'm with those that need help. I'm going there to help them because, as we know, God is joyous for one repentant soul. Now these three parables have the following in common. Um, there's something important that was lost. The person goes in search for it, or he watches for it, waits for it. The rediscovery of what was lost, and at the end, the celebration and joy. The difference between the first two and the prodigal son or the lost son is that the first two, we go out and search. Search for the sheep, search for the lost coin. With the prodigal son, it's a bit different. The father did not go out and search. Why? It's because the son went out from his own free will, his own intentions. He wanted to do this. The other two were lost. That's why Jesus went out to find them. But people love the third parable, the lost son, because no, ma- no matter how much we sin, no matter how much we are lost, once we repent and come back, God opens his arms and accepts us. Each one of us resembles either the lost son, the prodigal son, or the elder so you have to ask yourself who are you are you the repentant one and ask for forgiveness and comes back every time i sin or are you the one who is always complaining like the pharisees and scribes within the church within your life within the house all you do is complain At the end, you're even worse than the son that was lost. He has hope. He changed. He repented. He came back. The elder son, that's even worse. Because he, at the end, lost everything. He was worse than his brother because he didn't want to come and share with the celebration. He didn't obey his father at the end. The prodigal son did something that is uncommon is to ask for his inheritance while his father's alive. Usually, when you when your parents pass away, they leave a will and they leave an inheritance for you or whatever they have. They share it among their children. This prodigal son asked for his inheritance while his father was living, and that was, of course, was disgraceful. For his parents and even his neighbors, because you know, in those days, everyone would talk, everyone knows everything about everyone, so it was really shameful. And his father's lifetime of work, many, many years to buy lands and to prepare for his children, will go in an instant by his son asking for inheritance. Not just that, that means the lands that they have he has to sell to give to his son. Imagine what his brother was thinking during this time. How can my brother do this? What a disgrace. I have to sell the land to give to my brother to do whatever he wants. Now, we don't know what his brother was thinking of during this time. You usually take, we do the action instead of like waiting and thinking and praying and asking and seeing what God's will is. This is why the younger son was guilty of asking the inheritance from his father while he was alive Treating his father in this way is as if he is dead. Ignoring the obligation of his parents in their old age, and of course, breaking the family relationship the father, the son by leaving. What went through his mind? What will he do with that money? We can all think, is he going to go out and do business? It's not bad, if he's going to think of that. Is he going to give it to the poor, like St. Anthony? Sell everything, give it to the poor, and just worship God? That wasn't on his mind, of course. Was he out there to help his friends? Or to share the money with his friends? No. Or was it freedom from his parents' and bondage that he felt that he was restrained by staying with his parents not having enough money to use we imagine that we could make it on our own if only the big if only if only i could get away from home a lot of young people think of this i am i don't want to stay with my parents it, they're too much sometimes they are too much but you can't do that. You're doing the wrong thing by just leaving your parents and doing whatever you want. You don't, you're don't. you not thinking properly. The process is when you're able to leave home at the right time, then you do. Otherwise, you'll be like the prodigal son exactly. If only I could get away from home. If only I can buy a new car. If only I could get a better job. If only... I didn't have the responsibility of a family. Sometimes when we're married, we feel this too. I don't want this responsibility, it's too much for me. Difficult wife, difficult husband, difficult children. If only I could finance these loans, the big if only. The problem is sin blinds us and we don't see, automatically. We act now, just like the prodigal son, then we think later when it's too late. Always too late. But when they come to us about any situation, we will usually tell them, wait, be patient. The virtue of patience. Wait, do not do anything now. Just give it time. Sometimes time heals itself. Give it some time. But when we fall, In deep sin, we need help. When we are within the sin itself, like the prodigal son, living and eating with the swine, the pigs, we realize that we're in deep sin. We need help. We cannot come out of this on our own. And this is why once we feel the sin, knowing that we've committed sin, Once we think of the good times that we had with our Father and in His house and what we have before, and returning again to the good life, then this is repentance. I need to return to my Father and not just return as a son, but return as a servant. This is when I become meek, when I become humble. I have, to grow, I have to grow through this. The problem is we fear rejection. Sometimes some of us are within this sin or any sin. We fear that we will be rejected by our family or by our siblings or by God himself. How can I go back to God? I'm so ashamed. But the truth is no. We have a compassionate father who loves us, who will open his hands, take us in and forgive us all our sins. When we fall into these tribulations, we learn a good lesson. Uh, it's a hard lesson, but we become stronger people. And we all go through temptations, we all go through tribulations, we all go through sufferings. But in our lives, something big happens, and this is what Changes our life, either for the good or the bad. Depending on yourself, what do you want? Do you want to learn the good lesson? Or do you want to stay in that bad life that you ended up with? The father celebrates the return of the prodigal son. Heaven rejoices at one who has repented. And the relationship is restored and happiness and joy is there. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Note the contrast. Dead, alive, lost and found. The opposites. The son is returned to full honor as if nothing happened. This is what we do when we repent, confess. We usually say that what you did with your sin, no matter what it is, is forgiven. As if it did not happen before. This is how they taught us. Yani. No matter what sin it is. But of course, there, there's consequences. Like your, your confession father will tell you what to do. Now we move on to the elder son. What was his emotion seeing his brother who lived in all this situation and used up all his money, all his inheritance? He's back now, broken, humble, would want to be a servant. What is the elder brother who served his father all his life is thinking? Why and how? But he was angry and would not go in. They told him, come. The father went out and told him, come. Let's celebrate with your, your brother who was lost. Don't miss the irony here. The brother who had been on the outside, the prodigal son, is now where? In the inside. But now the elder brother who was inside is what now on the outside. He doesn't want to go in. He doesn't want to celebrate with his brother. Sometimes when we... Just like the Pharisees and, and scribes, we don't want to do anything to do with sinners. If I know a person who does certain things with other people and I hear about it, I usually imagine this person is so evil. I don't want to be in contact with him. It's so against Christianity, isn't it? But we, we think this way, don't we? If you know of a person if you heard of a person who was very, very sinful, you want to keep away from that person. Or if you see him, you always think of what people blamed him of. The outside. The, fra- the father tried to call him, but he refused out of disobedience. The elder son hardened his heart. Once we harden our hearts, this is very dangerous. Just like the Pharaoh who hardened his heart with Moses, at the end he lost everything. He had many chances. The younger son, right now, would do anything to please his father. Once we are broken, we repent and come back, we're not the same. We want to do anything to please God. We learn Allison. But the father is sad for the elder son who is living outside. The elder son, just like the Pharisees and scribes, complains. He even accuses his brother of using his money in prostitution, which we don't, the Bible doesn't mention it. It doesn't say that the prodigal son went and used his money on this. But we blame no matter what. Okay, well, why not? He's sinful. I'm sure he would have done this. It's like the sinful woman with the seven demons, they say that she was also a prostitute, and maybe she wasn't. It doesn't say she was. But we blame always if they're living in this sin. His father is sad. The elder son has divorced himself from the family and from his younger son. Jesus does not tell us the outcome of the father's plea, but we are left with the impression that the father has one repentant son and an unrepentant son, the elder son. The problem, of course, is that the elder son does not love the younger brother, and there is a question whether he loves his father too or even he loves himself. They need to hear that their inheritance is not diminished by God's love for sinners. They have no right to draw boundaries that would exclude others from God's presence. So, if you're a person who is outside from your father's house, we urge you this morning please return so your father can celebrate. Your new life in repentance. And glory be to God forever.